Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for this day, Father. We thank you and praise you for this opportunity to gather together to fellowship, Father. We just thank you and praise you for this opportunity for your word to go out. We pray now that it will not return void, but it will accomplish what it was sent to do. In Jesus' most precious name, amen. So this guy was traveling, and he had driven a really long ways, and he finally came up on a little town. There was only one hotel in the little town, and he walked in, and the guy said, hey, I got no rooms. He was like, man, I don't care. I'll sleep anywhere. It doesn't matter. I'm exhausted. I, I got to have a break. And he said, well, I do have one room that only has a guy in it, and he's been here all week. And he would probably like to split the cost of the room with you. But listen, he snores so bad that the people on both sides of him all week have complained. And the guy said, I don't care. I will take it. I have to have some rest. So the next morning at breakfast, the guy comes bebopping in, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. And the little manager said, uh, how'd you sleep last night? Man, I slept fantastic. He's like, really? Snoring didn't keep you up? He said, oh, no, no worries. I shut him up immediately. He said, what do you mean? He said, well, I walked in and bent down and kissed him on the cheek and said, hey, sweetheart, how are you? He sat up and watched me sleep all night. <laughs> <laughs> At least I didn't tell that walking back in. Uh, so, so um, <clears throat> man, let me tell you, this, this seems like an elementary teaching, but it is <clears throat> absolutely what we're supposed to hear, and I'm going to do my best to explain it to the best of my ability. But Especially right now, this is, or should be, our number one concern. And, and it is going to make sense in a minute when I get into it. But, but it's, the title is called Christ-Centered, right? We had a little problem with that, trying to get me telling Thomas what it was. I told him, just tell him, put Jesus in the middle. That, we can put Jesus in the middle. But it's Christ-Centered. Now, I want to show you something that... That is, it seems to be a mystery, but I don't really think it is. But I think we try to make more out of what we're doing than it is. So if you will, turn with me to the gospel according to Luke. Gospel according to Luke, <clears throat> the 24th chapter. Wait a minute. 23rd chapter. 23rd chapter. That comes before 24. And the 39th verse. Well, nah, not really. 35th verse. 23, 35. And the people stood watching, and the ruler sneered at him, and they said, He saved others, let him save himself. And if he is God's Messiah, the chosen one. And the soldiers also came up to him and mocked him, and they offered him wine vinegar, and said, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. And there was a written notice above him reading, This is the king of the Jews. And one of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him and said, Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him and said, Don't you fear God? Since you are here under the same sentence, we are being punished just, justly <clears throat> for what we are getting, what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he looked at Jesus and said, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. 
<clears throat> I've been praying a bunch recently. I, I, I confided in Dr. Bill. I won't go through all of that. But I've had a lot going on, right, spiritually. And, and, and really, this example right here has just been, I mean, exploding into me. If you can picture for just a second the visual of Jesus hanging on the cross, right? And a thief and a thief or a murderer or you and your neighbor. It doesn't matter because if you would just understand for just a second that we are a sinful man and we are already condemned, right? And he came to save us. It could be anybody you know hanging on both sides of Christ, whether they committed a crime or not, because we are already guilty of sinning against the Lamb of God, so we are hanging there. So the outcome only changes based on your heart. The two guys are standing there. Their outcome appears to be the same, right? They both are condemned to death. They both are fixing to die. Fixing to, that's one of them southern words. They both are fixing to die. And if you go to the gospel according to John, earlier, both thieves were insulting Jesus. Both guys, not just the one, both of them were hurling insults at him. And then after the sun refused to shine for a little while, is, is the theory that Thief number one decided, wait a minute, this really is the Son of God. And thief number two still walked blindly into his eternal reward. Nothing else changed. His heart towards Jesus changed. His opinion towards Jesus changed. And he said, will you remember me when you come into your kingdom? Will you accept me? Will you take me with you? He didn't go to church. He wasn't baptized. He didn't learn all of the things that we learn in little people's church. He probably didn't know the history of the messianic laws. He probably couldn't name the tribes of Israel. Uh, he had no faith to be healed. He had not been um, baptized. He had not done any of those things. Yet at the end of the day... His heart, he asked Jesus to accept him. And the response was amazing, right? Yes, you can come. Now, there's a preacher, I know I've, I've referenced this before. There's a guy on the internet that really tells the story well. It's kind of like an Irish, Scottish accent. And he was like, he does a really good job explaining. If I can find it, I might share it on the church Facebook because it is a fantastic explanation of. When that guy got to heaven, like, what are you doing here? Like, who said you could come? Who said you could be part of the body of Christ? And it's a, it's a joke, and that guy goes on for a little while, but he basically says, well, I don't know. The guy on the middle cross said I could come. And as Christians, if we base anything that we have in God on anything outside of the guy on the middle cross said it was okay, then that is rooted in works or pride or whatever other man-made thing you've come up with. Because the truth is, was without Jesus, we are all condemned, just like both of those guys were, with, but we are nothing. 
We are facing eternal damnation to go home to be with our daddy, the devil. That is exactly what you come here to do. Until Jesus died on the cross and made a way for us to accept him as our personal savior and to, for him to come into our heart, he is the difference. We are not the difference. Now, I believe that once you get in a relationship with Christ and, and you become born again and the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you, that it is your duty and to, to line up more with God's word and start to produce the fruit of the Spirit and start to produce that love and start to act like Christians, right? But if you don't ever, if you accept Jesus into your heart and you, you, you ask him to be the Lord and Savior of your life, that is the end of the transaction. <clears throat> Turn with me to the gospel according to John. See, see we, 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 as, we as humans, we, 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 want to, we want to add stuff to it. We want to say, well, if you're saved... And then you're sanctified and you're redeemed and, 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 and you go through the steps, the 19-step process of understanding what God's Word says. And if you can memorize the 66 books of the Bible and you can recite the 23rd Psalm, then maybe you look like a Christian. And the truth is, is that doesn't have anything to do with anything. The only way that you're a Christian is that Jesus lives on the inside of you if he's your Savior. It has nothing to do with you. Um, Gospel according to John, the 14th chapter. And we'll start with the first verse. Do not let your hearts be troubled, for you believe in God, you believe also in me. For my Father's house has many rooms. And if it were not so, I would have told you that. But I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I am coming back to take you with me, that you may be where I am. You know... <clears throat> You know the way to the place to where I'm going. And Thomas said, ho, ho, boss. I don't know where you're going. I don't know what you're doing. How, how do we know what you're doing? You're not explaining this. You're talking in riddles again. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. See, we get into this, somebody passes away, and oh, they're in a better place. Eh. Did, did, they, did they take the way, the truth, and the life? It's elementary, but it's not. It's very difficult, but it ain't. It, there is no way to realize what heaven looks like if you don't have a relationship with Jesus. They say that if you're, if you're a believer, that the closest thing you will ever see to hell is living on this earth. And if you're a non-believer, the closest thing you'll see to heaven is living on this earth. I am the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. And I hear from the world, well, you're a bigot. You, you, don't, you don't respect other religions. No, I'm, I'm just saying that my God, the, the, the creator of the universe, the, the God of the Bible, that God, his son, his, his Messiah that was sent for me, said I can't get there without him. 
Now, if you want to go where my God is, in my God's heaven, in my God's situation, my deal, you got to go through Jesus. You can't pick some random other person that, you know, some gal with bunches of arms or little fat guy or whatever else that you want to pick. He don't, they don't go here. It's not a wagon wheel. See, that's the, the lie the devil wants to tell, right? That all religions lead back to God. It doesn't matter who you worship or how you do it. They all come back to the same place. And if you're a good person, then you get to go home and be with God. And you don't eat cows or whatever else the things are that you're supposed to do and all the other stuff. But the Bible says, Jesus said, right here in red, in the play, look, look, look. Jesus definitely spoke in a lot of parables. And it is some difficulty reading and understanding exactly what everything was supposed to mean. Some of it is in the context of where they were. Some of it is in the context of the time that they were in. Some of it was prophetic, right? It is difficult. But this sentence right here, this is not difficult. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes through the Father except through me. It is the basis of the religion, if you want to call it a religion. It is how you become part of the family. That if you want to be sons and daughters of the Most High God, this is how it starts. And you are no better or no worse than one of the criminals that was hanging on the cross beside him. See, that's the thing that really sticks in your crawl. If you're a well-meaning, good Southern Christian, you know that you're supposed to act different. But when it gets down to the nitty-gritty, John 3.16 says that he loved the entire world so much that he sent his only begotten son for the whole world. Not if you're tall, not if you're short, not if you're white, not if you're black or yellow or green or pink or purple. Not if you pull for this team or if you pull for that team or if you were born here, if you were born there. That if you were rich when you were little or you were poor when you were little. That if you were the sorriest dog on the planet, we know nothing about the history of the thief. If you do a lot of research right, they come up with some names of those two guys did they believe this guy's name was this and this guy's name was that based on some other historical documents? It's not in the Bible. I'm not preaching it. But they have names, right? But we don't know nothing about that guy. Nothing. Don't know why he was, I mean, obviously he did something wrong, right? He was caught and convicted and sentenced to death. I mean, you say he did something wrong. Jesus didn't really do anything wrong when they killed him too, but that's a whole different story. Yet, no matter what had happened before he got there, his heart changed towards God and he asked Jesus for help and he said, you will be with me today. So I don't care. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what you talk like. I don't care what you've done. Jesus said, you want to go to the Father? It's through me. <clears throat> Oh, man. See, now this is one of my favorite scriptures. I say that a lot, don't I? I say that every time it lines up with my sermon. I'm sorry, I need to quit saying that. They're all part of my favorite scriptures. But if you will, turn me to 2 Corinthians. Oh, I pulled my tab out. 2 Corinthians. Oh, man. 
where to start? Um, 2 Corinthians 5, and let's start with 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they a new creation has come, and the old is gone, and the new is here. All of this from God, who has reconciled himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Verse 20, we therefore are Christ's ambassadors as though God was making his appeal through us. For we implore you on Christ's behalf to be reconciled to God. For God made him who had no sin to be sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. There is not a better group of sentences put together in the English language. That when we become part of the body of Christ, that the old has passed away and the new has come. And all of our sins that we have committed have been removed from us and placed on Christ on the cross. Now, that does not say if you committed sins A through M, you get to go stand over here. And O through Z, you stand over there. But if you got a Q or an R, then you're over here in the, in the detention time. He removed our sins from us becoming, because he, was ne he had never sinned. That he became sin. That he might become, that we might become the righteousness of God. So whatever your statement starts out, if somebody asks you a Christian, if it starts out with I, and the sentence says, ask Jesus to be my Lord and Savior, if it's anything other than that, you are in error. Because you really did nothing. You were there. You asked for a favor. Unmerited favor and grace. That's it. You didn't do anything. You can't save a flea. You can't become the righteousness of God. It is impossible. If it was possible for you to live without sin and become the righteousness of God, then Jesus died for nothing. If there was a humanly chance that you can live without sin, then there was no reason for Christ to die to start off with. You just need to do better. Now, I find myself in the situation that I am then saying, you need to do better a lot. And I apologize. However, we are, if you listen to Paul, right, we are supposed to grow up and start eating meat and start being teachers and starting to be the hands and feet of Christ and witness to the world. But the basis of who you are in Christ comes from him and not you. It's not an I-centered. It's a Christ-centered. I can't do anything. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There's a completely different statement there. And like I said, this seems to be a very elementary teaching of salvation. But it's so important. It's, it's so important. <clears throat> I don't know if y'all have um, maybe y'all seen that the Phil Robertson is coming out. They, they got a new movie coming out. 
And I saw a very short interview, and, and Phil didn't want to do the movie because he said it was very embarrassing because it showed how much of a heathen he really was when he was growing up. And he, he said he pretty much decided that he didn't want to do it because he didn't want people to see that side of him. And he said, and then God spoke to him and said, and he said, I changed my mind. If one person were to find Christ because of that, then it's worth it. <clears throat> so if this is an elementary sermon or not, if one person were to find Christ because of it, it's worth it. And y'all just got to sit and watch. Because truly, what really are we here to do? Because if you stand in front of the white throne judgment and you have to be um, responsible for all of your actions, like, like what are you going to say? Like, all right, now tell me everything good you did. Well, I mean, I, I, mean, I, killed, a, I killed a couple limits of doves. I, I've been shooting pretty good. Um, I, I, uh, I built some stuff, and it, it's pretty, and most of the time people paid me money. Or I, um, you know, like I yelled and screamed at a tennis match when I wasn't supposed to. And I, I've coached a little softball or um, I got some pretty good deer dogs. I, I got a pretty, pretty nice truck. Uh, my, wife, my wife's pretty cute. I mean, she likes me most of the time. I mean, what are you really selling? If you have to line up and tell God what you have and account for who you are, I made some, some decent grades when I took my books home and studied, and I really didn't. But, I mean, every once in a while, they gave me a ring. They told me I graduated. This don't really fit, but I want to tell you all something funny. Crystal has been doing some stuff with the natural stuff, natural healing stuff or whatever. And she's decided that she has come up with a... There's a gal on the internet who's got like this, she's got a natural thing for everything, right? Well, one of them is hair restoration. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so Chris said we might be a little bit late to the game, but do you want me to get this stuff and we can massage your head? And Riley said, you know what, that would be funny if daddy come out with like a big old puff of hair with, with like a pick stuck in it where you had to like straighten your hair out. I, I, I don't really, I don't really think that's the, I don't really think that's, that's in the books. But, but, but really, if you have to stand before God and say, this is who I am, what do you say? I sure am Sorry. I missed the point. Because how many commas are in our bank account or how many things that we've killed or how many things that we've done or how many trophies that we've won or how many games that we played in or I, what is it worth? This has really been what's bothered me right here. This, this part of the sermon. This has been what's on me. Like, what have I done for the kingdom of God? Like, can you imagine standing in line with Paul? Like, we go into the judgment, we go into the white throne judgment to talk about what we have done. And like, Paul was standing there. Hey, what would you do? Um, I, I, I don't got much. 
What'd you do? Oh, well, I was shipwrecked sometimes and beaten and tortured and wrote two-thirds of the New Testament and preached love and grace and, and, and led to salvation of a gazillion people in the history of the world. A huge contributor into the um, English Bible. Just, I can't even explain. What'd you do? And I'm going to have to refer back to Jesus. Hey, boss, I really need you to step in because you redeemed me from this. You set me free from that. You said you were the way, the truth, and the life. But if we go about thinking about I centered, it's a really, it's a really natural, normal way to go about life, right? I did this, and I did that, and I did this, and I did that. And then when you try to put it on like something to where you can, I mean, I, I, I did kill a limited doves yesterday, and I did shoot okay for what it was. But what does that really matter? I did yell at the TV a couple times last night when some people that never met me were running back and forth on a little green field with some lines drawn on it. Did that have anything to do with anything? No, not really. What did you do for the kingdom of God? See, that's where this doesn't become elementary anymore. That if you say that I'm a new creation in Christ, and then when, when Jesus took me in, that I changed my life, that it, the old has passed away and the new has come, well, then what did you do with that? What did you do with the new? What did you do when the power of the Holy Spirit moved on the inside of you? Did you go into all the world and preach the gospel? Did you lay hands on the sick? Did you cast out demons? Did you pick up deadly snakes? Did you drink poison? Well, I'm pretty good at video games. You ever heard of this sport that's only been around for a couple of years that we play? Can you imagine? You walk up there and go, well, how about you? What would you do? Well, I'm the best pickleball player in Berkeley County. I'm pick, what's a pick, pickleball? And so that's a, is that a sport? That's a sport? It is a serious topic to say, what if, and, and, and I'm, I'm trying really hard to stay out of the weeds, but what if the rapture took place tomorrow or today? What if? How many people do you have do you like, you know what? They probably need some Jesus, but I need to wait for the right time. Just, I need to have that right opportunity before I can witness to them. Yeah, I don't want to be weird. And, and look, the thief on the cross he was within hours of the end of his life before he had any kind of communication with God. Everybody ain't going to get that deal. <clears throat> I told Dr. Bill, I've been pretty, it's been on me. It's been pretty tough in the last couple of weeks, month, thinking about that exact same thing, right? What happens at the raptures tomorrow? <clears throat> It'll make you change how you get up in the morning.
It'll make you thankful for the day, for the opportunity. So, <clears throat> I got one more scripture. I know I'm running out of time, but we got to get to there. <clears throat> so, Galatians, <clears throat> Galatians chapter 2. <clears throat> In verse 20, <clears throat> for I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. For this, <clears throat> for the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's one of those things that where if you can read that and say, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. In the life I live now, in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Are you really crucifying your flesh? Are you really taking that serious that I live through Christ, that that's what's most important to me, that that's what I'm most worried about? Not my stats, not my grades, not my job, not my salary, not my title. What's a title? You go Wikipedia and make your title whatever you want it to be. You can be the grand czar of whatever you are. You, you can go knight yourself that. What does it mean? Well, the truth is it means nothing. Without Christ centered in your life, whatever else. You could be the richest most powerful, most influential person on the planet. And without Christ, it is nothing. Best anything, pick something. Engineer, lawyer, doctor, football player, tennis player, golf, whatever, hunter, everything. Without Christ, it is nothing. And it's time for us to realize what should be center in our life? And that's tough. It's a tough situation. It's a tough conversation to have to yourself. Like, what really are you most concerned over? What really drives you to get out of the bed? What really are you looking for? For me, it has to be Christ-centered. Anything else, I feel like I'm wasting precious time because we are on a ticking clock. Tomorrow is not promised. And I am thankful for today. Amen. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father God, we just thank you and praise you for your love and your grace. Father, we thank you for this sacrifice the atoning sacrifice of christ that was made for our sins father that we would know your salvation and we just give you the praise and honor and glory for it in jesus most precious name amen